And that's, that's what God promised to do, that he was going to send someone to punch holes in the darkness. Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. For additional resources to inspire you in your journey with Christ, go to plainfieldchristian.com. Enjoy today's podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Luke and I get to serve as one of the ministers here. And if I can just be totally honest with you this morning, for most of my life, I've kind of been a Scrooge, like just not a huge fan of the Christmas thing, you know, the, the tinsel and the commercialized sentimentality in the Hallmark movies and Feliz Navidad getting stuck in your head on repeat for months on end. Some of you have been there, right? And, and then I had kids, and everything changed. And now you can call me cheesy if you want to, but I just can't get enough of it. The music and the movies and the Santa hats and the traditions and the whole nine yards, the, the gingerbread. I love even the gingerbread houses, even though, am I right? Like the one you build never looks like the picture on the box. It never looks like it's supposed to look. It's always sagging and slopping and falling over. It breaks every zoning law of the North Pole. But even if it's no architectural wonder, even your flopping over gingerbread house is still made out of cookies and candy at the end of the day, right? So you can't go wrong. I just love Christmas. And one of my very favorite parts of Christmas are the Christmas lights. I've just, I've always loved hanging the lights on our house and driving around town and seeing the lights on everybody else's house. I love having a family camp out in the living room under the Christmas tree. It's just, there's something about a light in the darkness that is really beautiful and really comforting, isn't it? And, and you think about, uh, you know, you can think about a set of uh, runway lights that help an airplane know where to land, even in the dark. You think of a lighthouse piercing through the fog to help ships in the night stay on course. You think of those little reflectors on the highway that help us keep our car in the lane, even when it's nighttime. Kids, some of you might even still sleep with a nightlight, right? Because there's something about a light in the dark that just makes us feel safe. I wanna tell you a story today, if that would be all right, but I'm, I'm gonna need a little help to tell this story. I wanna tell you a story about light in the darkness. And so if we can have a little bit of audience participation this morning, let's do this. Every time, as I tell the story, every time I say, and God said, I want you to respond by saying, let there be light, okay? So I'm gonna say, and God said, or then I'll, sometimes I'll say, and God will say, and you'll say, let there be light. Let's practice it together, can we? All right, and God said, very good, excellent, there's some gusto there. Well done, well done. All right, it's Christmas, let's say it like we mean it. All right, the story starts way back a long, long, long time ago in the very beginning. And before the world was even made, everything was dark. And then God said, excellent. And there was light, and the light was good. And, and, and God made the light because God is light. The Bible says that God is light. In him, there is no darkness. And so God made the light. But that wasn't all God made. God went on after that to make all kinds of other things. He made it all. He made the, the sky and the land and the oceans and, and otters and, and, and kangaroos and koala bears and dung beetles and sharks and dolphins, the whole nine yards. And he made a man and a woman to live in the light with him so that they could enjoy the light together. And they all lived in the light together, happily ever after, until they didn't. <laughs> and then one day, the man and the woman chose the darkness instead of the light. And when you're surrounded by darkness, what does that make you feel sometimes? 
scared, right? Yeah, you, you feel alone or afraid. That's what the man and the woman felt. But God promised he wasn't gonna leave them in the darkness. God promised, actually, that he was going to make a way for the people to come be in the light with him again. And so the whole story of the Bible is a story of God inviting people into the light with him. But the problem was every time God invited them into the light, they still chose the darkness instead. And so God promised that if the people wouldn't come into the light, then one day God was going to bring the light to them. It's an amazing promise. Uh, There's a story I love about the great author Robert Louis Stevenson. And when he was a young boy one evening, his nanny came into his room to put him to bed, but she couldn't get his attention. She said, Robert, what are you doing? He was just staring out the window. And she said, Robert, what in the world are you looking at? And And still, he didn't answer. He just stared out into the night. And she walked over to the window and she saw he was looking out at the lamplighter. This was a very long time ago. And there was a man walking down the street, lighting street lamp after street lamp after street lamp. And young Robert said, look at that man. He's punching holes in the darkness. I love that. And that's that's what God promised to do. God promised that he was going to send someone to punch holes in the darkness. And so God gave that promise to a man named Isaiah. Can you say Isaiah? Very good, very good. And Isaiah was a prophet, which basically just means it was his job to tell the people what God said. And so God gave this promise to the prophet Isaiah. He said, hey, the world is in darkness. The land is in thick darkness. He said, but someday the sun will rise again. You will wake up and the light of the Lord will shine on you. God was promising to the prophet Isaiah that someday, just like he did back in the very beginning, he would bring light out of the darkness. And God said to Isaiah, he said it would be like this. In Isaiah chapter nine, he said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those who are living in a land of darkness, a light has dawned. And God said, and, and, and the one who would come to bring the light, the one who would come to punch holes in the darkness, Isaiah said it would be a person, and he said actually it wouldn't just be any kind of person. There in Isaiah chapter nine, he said, a child's gonna be born, and a son is gonna be given, and his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, can you imagine that, a baby with four names? <laughs> Can you imagine seeing that birth announcement pop up on Instagram? You know, the picture of the nice little infant cuddled up next to his stuffed farm animals and the caption below the picture says, born December 25th, 2022, seven pounds, 13 ounces, 21 inches long. And what's the baby's name? Not William or Jacob or Kyle or Cody. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting father. Prince of Peace. That's a bold name for a baby. (laughs) But Isaiah said, when this light bringer baby comes, then God will say, and so the people waited. They waited and they waited for this promised light bringer baby to come. They waited and they waited and they waited some more. And waiting is really hard, isn't it? (laughs) What are you waiting for? Some of you may have had your Christmas festivities already, but some of you, you might be waiting to go home and and see what's in that stocking. You might be waiting to count how many of those presents under the tree have your name on them. Parents, what are you waiting for? You're waiting on the credit card bill, right? 
Some of you are waiting because that Amazon package says it's gonna be delivered on December 28th, but you need it sooner than then. And so you're watching, you're waiting, you're praying for a Christmas miracle. What are you waiting for? Maybe you're waiting for a new job. Maybe you're waiting for somebody to love. Maybe you're waiting for your body to finally be healthy again. Maybe you're waiting for that difficult family member that you're gonna be around this weekend to soften their heart. What are you waiting for? Waiting's really hard. In fact, can we practice waiting together? Let's do this, okay? We're gonna practice waiting to see just how hard it is. We're gonna wait as quietly as we possibly can for 20 seconds. I'm gonna look at my watch. Think we can do it? 20 seconds. All right, on your mark, get set, go. All right, you can breathe. You did it. Good job. Well done. Waiting's hard, isn't it? Uh, Can I tell you another story? This is the story of a man named Simeon. And if I gave you a notebook right now and told you to write down what you want for Christmas, my guess is you could write down your Christmas list, the things that you were hoping to get this year. Probably wouldn't be too hard for you to write down several things, but... If you would have given Simeon a notebook and asked him what he was waiting for, what he wanted, Simeon would have written down just one thing. He would have said, I'm waiting for the promise to come true. You see, Simeon believed that promise that God had given to the prophet Isaiah, the promise that the light bringer baby would come, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace baby. But actually, God had given Simeon a very special promise. God had promised Simeon that he would not die until he got to meet that baby. And so, Simeon waited. And he went to the temple, which is where the people would go to pray and to give their offerings and to worship and to hear God's word. And he went to the temple day after day after day, watching and waiting. Year after year, he waited still, even as he grew older and all of his friends retired and cashed in their 401ks and moved to Florida. (laughs) Not Simeon. He kept going to the temple day after day, year after year, waiting for the day when God would say, and the only thing that kept him going in the darkness was the promise. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope and without light In the darkness we were waiting Without hope and without light Sing this with me. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. 
and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God thy healing light dispel the long night's lingering gloom and pierce the shadows of the tomb come pierce come pierce the shadows of the tomb God pierce the shadow God pierce the shadow of this
God, how long is a million years to you? God said, one second. The guy said, well, all right. Uh, God, how much is a million dollars to you? God said, one penny. The guy thought he was pretty clever, and so he said, uh, well, hey, God, could I have one of your pennies? <laughs> God said, sure, just a second. <laughs> and sometimes that's how God's timing feels, right? Waiting is hard. And it wasn't a million years, but it was 700 years after God had given that promise to the prophet Isaiah of the light bringer baby, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace baby, that someday the light bringer would come. And then one night, he did. And it happened at night, it was dark outside and there were some shepherds out just taking care of their sheep in the field like they always did night after night when all of a sudden God said, yeah, and an angel showed up and a whole host of angels showed up and they said, we've got good news of great joy. It's for all people. The baby's here. And the shepherds, they took off running and they made it to a little town called Bethlehem and they looked all over town and there they found Mary and Joseph out with the animals. And just like the angel had said, there was the baby lying in a manger of all places and the shepherds, they were so excited that the light bringer baby was finally here that they took off running and they told everybody they could find. But, but Simeon, he still hadn't heard yet. And so good old Simeon, he was still just going to the temple day after day after day, watching and waiting for the baby to arrive. And you can imagine the temple was probably a busy place, probably mimicked the hustle and the bustle of the holidays. There's people coming and going, praying and giving their offerings. There's beggars and priests and normal people and tourists, and there's young couples who are coming in to dedicate their newborns. And over the years, he'd seen so many young couples, so many babies. And you gotta think that day by day, he, he must have been praying, Lord, what about that one? 
God, could it, could it be them? Is, is this the year? And then one day, the Holy Spirit whispered to Simeon, today's the day. And I bet he jumped out of bed so fast and he ran to the temple and he looked all over and then all of a sudden, there they were. A strong young man and his sweet young wife and their newborn baby boy right there in the middle of the crowd and they were so normal. I mean, you and I probably wouldn't have even noticed them but Simeon did. There were no trumpets, no fancy entourage, no red carpet or paparazzi but Simeon saw them. And he ran over and the first thing he did was he asked Mary if he could hold the baby. Now, if I'm Mary, I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm wondering, this is a little strange. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know this random stranger, but, but there was something about the old man. And so she said, yeah. And Simeon took baby Jesus into his arms. And as soon as he did, as if this scene couldn't get any weirder, Simeon starts to sing. And he sings, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And Mary and Joseph didn't know what all that meant. But Simeon knew as he held baby Jesus in his arms that in that moment, God was speaking light into the darkness all over again. God was saying, and as baby Jesus grew up, his light got brighter and brighter. He grew into a man who went around and he taught people about God. And one of the things Jesus said was, I am the light of the world. And everywhere Jesus went, he took the power and the light of God into the dark places of the earth. And where Jesus went, he helped blind people to see and deaf people to heal and, and, and crippled people to walk and sick people to get better and dead people live where Jesus went, he was, he was punching holes in the darkness. Everywhere Jesus went, God said, but some people didn't like the light, and so they killed Jesus on a cross. And it was dark all over again. But it didn't stay dark, and Jesus didn't stay dead. After three days in the tomb, God said, and Jesus rose again to new life and he still is alive today. And the amazing thing is that now he lets us follow him. And that as we follow Jesus, he actually comes and lives in us and shines through us so that if you follow Jesus, he says, not only is he the light of the world, but we are the light of the world too. He said, when I'm living in you, you are, you are like a city skyline twinkling on a hill far off in the night. You're you're like a lamp that you turn on in your living room to keep from stumbling around in the dark. You're like a, a house decked out with Christmas lights twinkling in a dark neighborhood. It's as if God is using us to say. And you know, pretty soon, the presents will be unwrapped and we'll take the decorations down and we'll come back from our trips and we'll have to go back to school and go back to work. <laughs> And we'll take the lights down. 
But something our family does is every night when we gather around the dinner table, before we eat, we always light a candle and we say together, Christ is the light of the world. Just a simple little reminder to help us remember that even though Christmas is over, Jesus is still here. God is still with us. So if you got a candle when you walked in, would you go ahead and take that out now? And you can turn it on. We're gonna punch holes in the darkness together, all right? And we're gonna sing a song together. And as we sing, I want you to look around the room and look at the lights shining all around this room. And I want you to be reminded that God wants to use you to be the light. That he wants to live in you and use you to take his hope and his love and his joy and his peace to take the presence and the light of Jesus into your home and your workplace and your school and your family. He wants to use you to say, let there be light. Let's stand and sing together. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round and virgin mother and child.
thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace Jesus Lord at thy birth Jesus Lord at thy based on come thou long expected Jesus and today we get to realize the gift that God gave us in the arrival of Jesus Lord at thy birth 
And so today we pray a prayer in receiving that. Let's pray it together. I'll read the words in white. We all will read the words in yellow. Let's pray. O God of light, you who dispel the darkness in the birth of your son, may may the the light light of Christ be poured forth in our hearts and and may may the darkness darkness of our world be be pierced by the light of his birth. It is our joy at all times and in all places to give thanks to you for Jesus, who became poor that we might become rich, who became weak that we might become strong, who became humbled that we might become exalted, who brought us peace and joy when we were without hope and light. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. With all those in heaven and on earth, we proclaim and celebrate the birth of our Savior. Amen. You can have a seat. Maybe you've heard the old line before about, uh, you know, before you criticize somebody, you should walk a mile in their shoes. Uh, That way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. And the beautiful thing about Christmas is that God did not stay far away to say, hey, good luck wandering around in the darkness and stumbling your way through life. But God, he actually came close and he stepped into our darkness and he walked in our shoes and he brought the light to us. I don't know exactly what's going on in your heart today, but God does. I hope you'll make the time to read the Christmas story in scripture. You can find it in Luke chapter two. It's an amazing story of darkness and light. And there's more to Simeon's story that we didn't get to today. But when Simeon does have that encounter with Mary there in the temple, he says something remarkable to her. He says that because Jesus has brought the light into the world, he says the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. That means that the light of Jesus shines into our hearts, that he sees everything inside of us, the light places and the dark places. He sees your hopes and your dreams and your fears and your worry, your story and your anxiety and your weariness. He sees all of it, but the beauty of Christmas is that he doesn't just see it, he also gets it because he's walked in our shoes. And the amazing gift, the most amazing gift ever given is that Jesus offers us his light in exchange for our darkness. It's amazing, isn't it? And yet it's not an easy gift to accept. You know, there's some Christmas gifts that when you get them, you kind of have to swallow your pride to accept them a little bit. If you came up to me after this and you offered me three Christmas presents and I started to unwrap them and the first present I unwrapped was a a DVD series called Overcoming Selfishness. (laughs) And then I unwrapped the second one and it's a book called How to Be Funny for Dummies. (laughs) And I unwrap the third one, it's a year's subscription to Weight Watchers, right? Then, then for me to say thank you and to accept this gift would be, in some sense, I'd have to swallow my pride. It would be me admitting that, yes, I'm an obnoxious, codependent, 15 pounds overweight friend with a dad-level sense of humor. You have to swallow your pride to accept the gift. And the gift that Jesus offers us is a lot like that. That through his death and his resurrection, Jesus offers us life beyond our wildest imaginations and love and hope and joy and peace and power, he offers us light in exchange for our darkness. And yet in order to accept that gift, we have to swallow our pride and to admit that without him, we are indeed lost in utter darkness. 
which is why we receive communion together as a family every week. And if you are a follower of Jesus today, then you have already admitted that you're lost, that you are dark and that you need the light. You have made that act of surrender. And if that's you today, then this gift has your name on it. And if you're not a follower of Jesus today, first thing I want you to know is we're just glad you're here. We really are. We'd love to meet you, connect with you and and hear your story. We'd love to have a conversation with you about what it would look like to take a step of faith toward Jesus because taking a leap of faith can be scary. Sometimes it might feel like a leap into the dark, but I can promise you that if you are taking a step toward Jesus, it is always a leap into the light. And so we're gonna get to unwrap this gift together now. And I'm gonna give you a moment to receive this little piece of bread on your own. And as you do, would you just have a moment of prayer between you and the Lord? And would you thank him for his body? That little body that Mary carried in her womb that was born and laid in a manger, that little body that grew up to be nailed to the cross for our darkness so that we could have his light. And then I'll pray and we'll receive the juice together to celebrate the blood of Jesus that washes us clean. Jesus, we thank you for this gift. It's one we could never deserve, but we're thankful that we don't have to deserve it. It's a free gift of grace. So we admit, Lord, that we are in darkness. We are are utterly lost and helpless without you. And you understand that you came in helplessness as a baby and you have walked in our shoes and yet you were without sin and you have offered us life now through your death and resurrection. So we thank you for your blood that washes us clean. And as we get to celebrate today your arrival, we also look forward to your return. And we can't wait until that day when all is light and we will be reunited with you. It's in Jesus' name that all God's people said, amen. Amen. This is the blood of Christ. We're so thankful that you took time out of your Christmas celebrations to be with us this morning. And again, our heartbeat as a church, our passion is to help you get connected. We wanna help hear your story and find out what your story intersects with God's story. We wanna help you become the person that he made you to be. And if you're looking forward to this new year and thinking, you know what? I wanna grow. I want this year to be different. I want the story to change. I wanna take a step in my faith journey and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do more than I've been doing. But you're not quite sure what that first step is. We've got something coming up in the life of our church here in a couple weeks that I think could be the very best first step for you to take in your faith journey if you're ready to grow, and it's called Rooted. And what Rooted is, is it's a 10-week small group experience that's just designed to help connect you. It's designed to help connect you to God, to help connect you to each other, and to help connect you to your purpose in life. And all of our groups here at the church are going through Rooted together at the beginning of the year. And if you're not already in a group, we'd love to get you connected. And we're starting a bunch of new rooted groups as well. I know it can be intimidating to think about joining a group because it's like this like indefinite till death do us part type commitment. That's why I love Rooted. It's a defined 10-week commitment. We're asking you to give us 10 weeks of an hour and a half on your Sunday afternoons here at the building. Childcare is provided. We're trying to take away all the excuses for you. And it's gonna have some daily exercises and activities that you can do on your own to figure out what it means to follow Jesus and to live for him in his light day in and day out. So if that even remotely interests you, I'd encourage you to go to 
today to the website, plainfieldchristian.com slash rooted, where you can find out more info and sign up. Again, those start on January the 8th. So signups are coming soon. Those slots are filling up. So if that interests you at all, I hope that you will sign up for Rooted. We're excited to do that together as a church at the beginning of the year. I also have some other good news for you. I found out yesterday, just before our very first Christmas Eve service, that we like blew our Christmas offering goal out of the water. So well done, you guys. We're super pumped about that. Can we celebrate? Yeah. Uh, we actually set a goal this year that was higher than we normally do. Just trusting by faith we were gonna hit it and you all responded in such generosity and we love that we got to exceed that goal and 100% of that money from the Christmas offering is gonna go around the world. We're gonna be able to help some of our friends in Ukraine, a ministry we sponsored there, rebuild after their facilities were destroyed in the war. We're also gonna be able to provide some educational opportunities for folks in Honduras and in Ghana who wouldn't have that opportunity otherwise and we love as a church getting to give back to God for what he has given to us and he's blessed us with such wealth that we love to be able to partner financially with what God is doing around the world. And so if you wanna continue to be a partner of our church here and what God is doing at Plainfield Christian Church, we'd love for you to consider us in our year-end giving. I think you can find the info for how to do that there on the screen. We love that you're here. As you exit, as as we send you out of here, there's some snacky stuff kind of in the foyer out there. Feel free to hang out for a little bit. We'd love to say hi, grab a snack, and we hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. But before we send you out of here, I wanna speak a blessing over you, if that's okay. Uh, We don't know exactly if Simeon was a priest or not. Some people think he was. And if he was a priest, then these are the words that a priest would speak over a newborn baby as he was being dedicated, the words that Simeon would have spoken over baby Jesus, and we'd like to speak them over you as a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Merry Christmas, my friends. Let's stand up and sing one more song. Together.